On this episode of the Athletic Potential Podcast, we are going to be discussing when we have our female athletes start weight training, as well as whether we have our pitchers ice after an outing. Welcome to the Athletic Potential Podcast, your place to come and get answers to your athletic development questions. We cover a range of topics all related to helping you to achieve your athletic goals so that you can experience and enjoy the athletic career that you deserve. I am your host, Dr. Mike Matthews. Hey everybody, and welcome back to the Athletic Potential Podcast. Excited for this episode. Have you back. We, uh, we're in kind of a fun time, transition time here at Athletic Potential. A lot of our pro guys and pro baseball players are heading back to spring training. We're starting to see um, the season start for a lot of our uh, baseball and softball athletes. It's just a, it's a fun time. <clears throat> it's a time where we, um, we get to see a lot of the hard work pay off, and, and we're already seeing that in a lot of our athletes and their performance metrics and velocities and speed and those type of things. So it's been a fun time. So uh um, you'll see some uh, things in this podcast today that are going to be reflective of the spring season and when it starts. And we get always get a myriad of questions. And they're always the same questions uh, around the start of the spring in regards to uh, certain things. And we're going to cover two of those today. Uh, and they've definitely been covered in previous podcasts, but I just wanted to make sure we cover them again. Um, you know, we're upwards of 40 podcasts now, and, and sometimes things can, can get missed, and, and sometimes it's better just to keep talking about things and, until it becomes more apparent. And so uh, we'll jump right into these questions today, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, if you have questions, make sure you ask them. This is this is how the podcast is driven. This is this is why the podcast exists, is to give out good information and, and to ask uh, everybody, or to answer everybody's questions. So, all right, let's jump right into our first question, and it comes from Mandy and Mandy says, when do you recommend girls should start weight training? I have heard that weight training can stunt their growth, so I don't want to start too early. So Mandy, you bring up a, a great question. This is something that we deal with on a, on a constant basis. I can tell you just in the course of this off season, so that's early fall to late winter, basically right now, I have given five separate presentations about resistance training in throwers. And the, the, the presentation is not perfectly the same because I change it based on you know, the teams and really what the, the group is, is asking for. But let me tell you this, Mandy, and I'll, and I'll answer it the same way I answer it in my, in, in my presentation. And I said there's a lot of misconceptions out there about resistance training in youth, when they should start, what is it good? Is it bad? They shouldn't be using certain weights. They only should be using light weights. If they do anything, that should just be body weight. They should get, they want them to be springy. We don't want them to be uh, using weights because it makes them slow. Uh, it stunts their growth. You brought that up. Um, a lot of these things, there's a lot of misconceptions. And, and I can tell you this, that I, I've done a fair amount of research on this. I, and I just, right before the podcast, because I was curious, I pulled up the position statement on the American, I'm going to get this wrong. So let me, let me make sure I say this correctly. Uh, this is, this is the position statement from the American Academy of Pediatrics. And it, this is talking about resistance training for children and adolescents. So this is their, they basically what happens is they all get together in a conference or some sort of meeting 
and, and the top experts in, in the field talk about it and they, they end up coming up with a list of things that essentially uh, that they agree on or disagree on, but really agree on about resistance training in youth. And we were, I was just looking over this to make sure that I wasn't missing anything and that it's still the same. This was published in June of 2022. So fairly updated that the last update they had done was in June of 2008. So this is probably the, one of the more updated things we're going to see from, again, the American Academy of Pediatrics. These are the top experts, uh, medical experts uh, in pediatrics and what they're saying. And I can tell you this right now, I'm going to go to the section and, and it says here, <clears throat> misconceptions versus evidence. And under the under misconceptions, it says resistance training may stunt growth. And this is the position statement from the American Academy of Pediatrics. Well-designed resistance training programs have not been shown to have a negative effect on joint or growth plate health, linear growth, so them growing taller, okay, and cardiovascular health in youth. It doesn't stunt your growth. Uh, there was a research article that did come out. Uh, I believe it was out of Japan. I've done my best to find it, and I'm probably just not very good at finding it, but I haven't found it. Uh, lately, but they found that uh, youth workers, and I believe it was in Japan, have been were found to have lower growth rates than those that were not working. But if you look at it, it was not a controlled study. They just observed, and the subset of the population was easily biased. And so, there really hasn't been anything to validate the statement that stunting or that weight training, resistance training in youth, stunts growth. Now, Mandy, you asked a more specific question, and that was. What when do you, you know, wh when do we have our athletes, our female athletes start resistance training? And I can tell you right now, we, we start them when they show interest. Um, I'll give you a little bit more of a personal anecdotal type uh, evidence. I have two daughters. Uh, I have an 11-year-old and an 8-year-old. Uh, my 11-year-old has been weight training and, and knows the basic movements, which if you guys have listened to me, you've all heard it. And that is, uh, she can squat, she can hinge, she can do a push. So it's usually a bench press or a push up. She can do a pull, which is a pull up or a, a variation of a row. And she can carry, she can carry weight in different positions. We started her when I, when she got excited about it. And I, if I remember right, I have a video of her lifting. <clears throat> I want to say it was like a 15 pound kettlebell when she was six years old. And she would just walk over to it, grab it, lift it up, put it back down. Um, she thought it was fun. I didn't discourage it. I thought it was awesome. Um, and she had way better form than I've ever had in my entire life um, with that one no coaching, um, you know, uh, deadlift. But she uh, she rocked it and she enjoyed it. And so I let her do it and let her have some fun with it and made sure. Yeah, obviously, she didn't drop it on herself or anything like that, but... Uh, that was the first, that was the start of her resistance training and she was six. Uh, did she consistently do resistance training through that entire time? No. Did I have her in a very specific protocol and programs and all that kind of stuff? No. Did she work out with me two to three times a week because I was in the gym and she just wanted to be with me. And so she ended up doing lifts with me. Yeah. Yeah. She did the same thing with my wife who also works out a lot. We have a home gym. And, um, she work, likes working out. 
with us. Um, she's still in uh, gymnastics. She's still doing softball. She was doing, you know, soccer for a while. And, and that's how we started them. So Manny, to answer your question, I, I start youth in weight training and resistance training as soon as they start showing interest. Once they start showing interest, I'll start showing them the movements. I'll start exactly how I just said. I'll start teaching them how to squat. I'll touch it. Uh, start to teach them how to hinge. I'll teach them a proper push-up. I'll teach them a proper pull-up. And then I'll teach them, you know, hey, if you're going to carry a weight, try it here and try to stay this way. And, I'll, and I don't coach them a lot. I'll, I'll be honest. The best squatters I've ever seen are like six to eight-year-olds. Um, they just poop right down to the bottom of the squat, no big deal, and come back out of it. And so, uh, yeah. So, Mandy, I, I, it's a kind of a vague answer to your, your question. But realistically... If, if you have a have an athlete, uh, female or male, doesn't matter, um, and they're showing interest and in they're young and they're showing interest in working out, go for it. Go for it. I don't think it's a bad thing. Um, I just gave you the framework of how I would tell you to do it. Uh, realistically, I would just get them in the gym. I would show them that working out's fun. It's an enjoyable activity. I wouldn't make it crazy hard. I wouldn't be overly strict about, um, you know, sets and reps. I would tell them like, Hey, why don't you go pick that up and see how many times you can pick it up. And I'm going to pick this one, mine up, you know, eight times. You can pick it up however many times you want, you know? And, and I mean, that's the way I did it with my daughters. And a lot of times they'll stay with me and work out with me. Sometimes they'll be like, you know what? I'm feeling like one set's enough today, dad. And I'm like, that's fine with me. My whole point uh, of this is, is I really just want to get them interested in the gym, interested in working out, the benefits of working out, what it can do for you. And, and some, really just spend some time with my kids. You know, it's a fun thing to do. Now, uh, if you're not working out and you're, and you're trying to decide whether you should put your daughter um, in a resistance training program to help her with her athletics, um, you know, I, again, if they're not interested in the weight room and you're trying to force them in there, I, I don't know if that's going to go very well. Um, especially at a younger age, it's hard to motivate an eight year old to go work out if they really don't want to, you know, um, Mandy, I, I would definitely say this. Um, I, I would definitely have my children working out with me at the youngest ages I possibly could get them to do it and have fun with it. Uh, my kids, it's always been around five or six years old. Uh, they still love working out. My daughter, um, Maddie, who's 11, woke up this morning early with my wife and went to the gym and into our gym. We have a home gym and did some workouts and then she was done. Um, my eight year old, Charlie, uh, she doesn't really want to get up that early to work out, but occasionally she'll come down and work out if I'm working out. The key is that they see us working out. They want to be there and we get them introduced to the gym. So, uh, Mandy, I would say eight years old is a great time for most people to start if they haven't already, already started, because I think it's nice to teach kids at eight years old, how to squat, how to hinge, how to do a proper push up, how to do a row, how to do a pull up. Uh, I think if we can start teaching the movements at those younger ages, we will see much better results down the road, meaning we just won't have to teach it and cue it and coach it as, as much. Uh, and especially as they, you know, especially as they start to get, go through growth spurts and get bigger. And it's nice to have those movements already ingrained. And then they get bigger. They, we just don't seem to have to coach it nearly as much or nearly as hard. And so 
that would be my recommendation. Eight years old, if you haven't started, try to find a way to into a gym. Um, don't make it too crazy over like overbearing, but teach them the movements. Get them acquainted with the gym. Teach them those movements. Start them at eight. And I think I think you're going to see good results, Mandy. I think that's a that's a good place to start. So, uh, by the way, uh, notice how I, I really didn't differentiate between uh, male and female here. I don't think we need to. Um, I can tell you this. There's some research out there saying that they obviously it is different um, male to female here. Yes, but remember what the goal is if we're teaching youth resistance training. Yes, we want them to get stronger. Great, but just so you guys know, they don't get stronger by getting bigger. They get stronger because their brain-muscle connection improves. That's how they get stronger. Um, Brain-muscle connection happens in both males and females. So um, I'm not too concerned if it's male or female when we start. I just want them to start. And I think I guess I picked an an age of eight years old when to start. Uh, Talk to me in six months. I'll probably tell you a different age, but it's probably going to be younger. But eight's a good place. So, all right. Thanks, Manny. Great question. Um, Yeah, a lot of misconceptions about youth and weight training. It doesn't stunt your growth. We haven't seen it. Um, A lot of people will point at different things. Be like, look, they're shorter, and they've been working out since they were little kids. And I go, yeah, yeah, but... There's other things that are coming in here, but the research is pretty straightforward. Okay. All right. Let's move on to our next question. And that this question comes from Nick. And this is a question I have been getting a lot lately. The good news is that a lot of this is going away, which is great. Um, But I still get the question. So we're going to answer it again here. Here we go. Nick asks, I have heard you mention that you don't recommend ice following pitching in a game. If not ice, then what do you recommend? Nick, you're 100%. I don't recommend ice after the pitching. I don't think it does what anybody think it does. Um, yeah, we don't care about, uh, we talk about inflammation. We talk about all this kind of stuff. Inflammation is the body's natural reaction to an event. We need it. We need inflammation to essentially come in and start the healing process. If there's any damaged tissue, if tissues run down, beat up or whatever, then we need the body to, to make it better so that it gets stronger. Okay. There's a great research article in the, in the Journal of Strength Journal of Strength and Conditioning Research that talks about how when um, a group of individuals did eccentric exercise, so think like you did a bicep curl, you start at the top, go slow on the way down. They did eccentric exercise, then iced immediately after, and what they found was a profound negative effect on that of muscle's ability to recover. So they iced after a heavy bout of exercise, and their muscles didn't recover very well. When you throw your muscles in your shoulder, elbow, all of you really, but let's just stick with shoulder and elbow because everybody likes to ice those things. They go through a heavy amount of exercise and a lot of it is eccentric. So according to the study, we shouldn't ice that because it delays and or hinders and or if I remember right in the study, it actually stopped the recovery of those muscles of getting them back to normal. So icing actually makes you worse, according to that study. Um, and, and according to a few other studies, by the way, uh, but realistically we don't ice. Okay, great. Uh, soapbox. Sorry, Nick had to do it because I still get plenty of these questions about ice and everyone was like, Oh, but my arm feels so much better when I'm done. I go, yeah, have you tried heat? <laughs> and they're like, no. And I'm like, go try heat and tell me if your arm doesn't feel better. And, uh, um, people are heating, uh, and it seems to be fine. And by the way, heat's not my preferred method either. Uh, and that's 
getting to the next part of this question. So Nick, if not ice, then what do you recommend? Blood flow. Plain and simple. I need blood flow. The body needs blood flow. We need blood to pump to the muscles that were just used during a pitching outing to get nutrients to the muscles to allow them to recover faster. Now, here's the kicker. A lot of people are like, oh, so you need to go do a run after I go. Ah, yeah, no, yeah, no, yes, does that increase blood flow? Yes, but the problem is, is you you just pitched. Likelihood, unless you just pitched an inning, but let's be honest, depending on the inning, um, and especially in youth baseball, Nick, I don't know if you're in college or professional or maybe in youth or maybe you're a dad. I don't know. But either way, let's say it's youth. More than likely, a kid who's just pitched has already played a game uh, or has been playing a different position during that game. So you have a kid then go run after a game. Eh, I feel like they're already tired. Now we're asking them to do more exercise. I don't know if that's our best bet. Okay. So I would say uh, go on a walk. I, I know it's a novel concept. Hey, um, when you're done, you, you, you know, you go back, uh, to the hotel, you go back to back home. Um, you eat a good meal, you hydrate, you go for a walk. I know if it's late, okay, fine. Don't go for a walk. You do something active to get the heart rate up. Okay. Um, that's one way, one thing that's probably the most simple and requires no equipment to do other than shoes. And even then you don't have to, um, but that'd be one thing is maybe get your heart rate up, right? Uh, and, and through walking. So, um, Nick, I'll be very specific. Um, here's the routine I just gave out to do two different high school players and one college pitcher. I should say all of them are pitchers. I told them, look, when you are done pitching, you're going to go do one set, one, one. Notice I said one set of resistance, arm care, whatever you guys want to call it, shoulder exercise, okay? One set, not to failure, nice and easy. The main purpose, I want a, like kind of like a feeling of a pump to the muscles. So they go, they do one set of bands or they do one set of free weights, they do one set of isometrics, they do whatever, that. Then when they're done with that, I tell them, cool. Now what you're going to go do is I need you to go home, eat, drink, uh, get like get some good food and good water and hydration going on. And immediately after that, I need you to go for a walk. And when you go for a walk, I just want you to walk 10 minutes, nice and easy. When you're done with the walk, you're going to come back home. Now, this is where the technology part comes in. So if you don't have this technology, you can't do this part. And I'll be honest, this is nice. If you have the tech, it's worth doing. Okay. Then I'll give you two different, um, uh, variations of this. I have no affiliation to either as of right now. And so you, whatever, I'm just, these are the two that I recommend or two that I seem to always be recommended to the athletes. Okay. So they'll, they'll, uh, they'll do one set of exercise immediately post game. They'll go home, eat, drink, go on a 10 minute walk, come back. Then they're going to go ahead and put, um, a, um, neuromuscular electrical stimulation device on their arm. Okay. And this can look like, if you want to look it up, you can, uh, one is called a Compex, C-O-M-P-E-X. Make sure if you buy one of these, they have a muscle recovery function on it, okay? And that's what you're going to do, okay? The other brand is Mark Pro, M-A-R-C-P-R-O. Again, no affiliation with either one as of right now. And the same thing. You put electrode pads on your arm in a specific pattern. It shows you on both and you put it on, you turn it on and you let it run. 
Now, here's the cool thing. This allows your body to essentially improve blood flow to the area without actually having to move or think about it. The machine does it for you. And what this allows you to do is do this for a long period of time. So instead of having to go out and do essentially 45 minutes to an hour's worth of walking to keep your heart rate up, you put this thing on and you let it go for 45 minutes to an hour. Now, some of the units don't let you go that long. It's fine. You can just start it over again. Mark Pros will go forever. But the idea is, look, you leave it on 45 minutes to an hour, and it just sits there and flexes your muscles for you. You just sit there, and it kind of just beats the muscle. But you don't have to think about it. It just does it for you. And then when you're done with that, you're done with it. You can take it off, go do something else, and then you go to sleep. That's probably the, by far the best recovery tool we've seen so far, and it seems to help the most. Now, everybody has subtle nuances and, oh, I do soft tissue work after I'm done. I'm like, yeah, okay, great. It's fine. If you feel like that helps you, go ahead. Just don't ice, <laughs> okay? Um, uh, and by the way, I also don't like stretching following an outing. Don't think it helps. And I think, in all honesty, we don't need to stretch the tissue anymore that's already been stretched. Side note, my apologies. Okay, coming back around. Nick, to answer your question, I don't use ice. You're correct. What I do recommend, one set of bands, not to failure, just to a little bit of muscle pump. Then you're going to go home or wherever you're at, hydrate, eat, 10-minute walk. If you have the technology, you're going to put the electrical stim device on your arm, let it pump for 45 minutes to an hour, okay? And then you can be done with it. Now, if you had a day game and you have don't have a game till the next day, you could put that electrical stim device back on for three or four different rounds, and let it just go for hours if you really wanted to, if that's that's how you want to do it. Uh, one of the protocols I've told guys is, look, if you're on the bus and you're traveling to your next game or you're going to and from the hotel and it's a 40-minute you know, drive or you're on your way to the airport, you throw that thing on. Anytime you're sitting down and doing nothing, you throw that thing on and let it do its thing. It's not going to make you worse. It's not going to make you super tired. That's the key with those machines is that they're non-fatiguing. Okay, They may leave it on for two to three hours. That's two to three hours of increased circulation to the area that you need it the most to help your muscles improve and recover. So that's why, obviously, I think I'm a proponent of those things. I own both of them. Uh, I use them for my own recovery. Um, I, heck, I threw it on my 11-year-old the other day. She was having some soreness after some gymnastics tumbling type stuff. And I just said, you know what, we're going to put this on you. Yeah, I turned it on just barely enough, and it just started flexing her. She seemed to enjoy it, seemed to help. So, Nick, I hope that answers your question. Uh, it's definitely a controversial topic at times of what you should be doing after you pitch and throw and you specifically after, after you pitch. Uh, and uh, I gave you the protocol. And that is what most of our guys are doing. There are more things you could do. Now, uh, that's a, probably a subject for another podcast, uh, a longer one. <laughs> and a lot of it comes down to, do you have specific technology? Do you have access to help? Do you have access to staff that can help you? Again, if you're a professional, a lot of your professional organization most likely already has a lot of this. If they don't, um, then yeah, you, you can go ask for it. And I'm willing to bet they'll have something, okay? Uh, there's other machines like ultrasounds and lasers and those type of things that do help. And if you have access to them, then that's part of the protocol and recovery. And so, uh, Nick, great question. I uh, appreciate you asking. So, 
All right. Uh, that's it for this week's episode. I appreciate everybody tuning in. I appreciate everybody asking questions. It's always fun to answer these questions. I definitely seem to be answering a lot of the same questions, by the way. That is totally fine. Don't mind doing it because I feel like a lot of times we just need to keep hearing the same things until it becomes very ingrained in, in what's going on. The good news is, is a lot of times this information does improve and change. And hopefully as we ask these same questions, I may have better and better answers as we go along. And, um, yeah, so I ask your questions. I appreciate everybody tuning in. Please uh, rate and review on iTunes and or on Apple uh, po- on Apple Podcasts and or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, share the word. Tell people about the podcast so we can get more people on here and, and answer more questions and we get good information out to everybody. And uh, appreciate everybody tuning in. And until next time, thanks. Everybody, I just want to say thank you for listening to the Athletic Potential Podcast. If you do have questions for the podcast, please visit the website, www.athletic-potential.com slash podcast. You'll find a button there to ask your question. Please input your information and your question, and we will answer any and all questions we get. And thank you again for listening. If you do get a chance, please rate and review the podcast. And until next time, thanks. Thanks.